0: Is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM.
2: So, what if I write a poem like a song?
0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski.
2: And I'm your other host this afternoon, Pamela Bentley.
0: And we are happy to have in studio, Danny Peart. Hi, Danny. Hello. Good to have you here. And uh, part of the thing, there's a big Al Purdy uh, showcase and fundraiser for the A-Frame tomorrow evening, and you're a part of that. One of the reasons we've got you in, but we want to hear some of your poetry as well. Yes. uh,
1: Let me give you uh, one poem that's uh, new about Al Purdy and it's called Say the Names, after Al Purdy. Dropped out of high school at 17, already 6 foot 3 inches tall, rode the rails in 1937 and 1938, was arrested three times, walked 38 miles in one day from one town to the next, settled in Vancouver, found work in a mattress factory, kept on writing magazine articles, radio plays, poem after poem. Dedicated, intuitive, a poet with rowdiness in his life and work, a drinking man, homemade beer, homemade wine, prone to smoking cigars and swearing. Wrote to his friend Earl Burney. And I popped a guy in Victoria. He'd been insulting me all afternoon during the Super Bowl game at my bro-in-law's. Then he called me a piece of shit, so I hit him. No effing delay. Knocked him down and was about to jump all over him. When my bro-in-law pulled me off No respect, that's what My grey hairs mean nothing Purdy was 63 at the time (laughs) Purdy Lane leads to the graveyard In Ameliusburg, Ontario His stone there is engraved This is where I came to When my body left its body And my spirit stayed in its spirit home Say the names, Al Say the names Better stop Yours, Danny
0: Peart. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, sweet. That's a nice tribute. Thank you. So is that a, coll- um, a culmination of uh, just the... Po- Did you know Al Purdy? I met him only once uh, at a fundraiser at the Commodore. And he popped you one?
2: Uh, I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> uh,
1: we, we were uh, competing for the same silent auction item at the oh. time. Oh, ah. Uh, but uh, we was, met.
2: What was the item?
1: And he was tall then, too. It was um, a, a poem to come, perhaps, uh, by Bill Reed, a, a book called The Black Canoe. hmm And both Al and I wanted that book, and he won the bidding that, that evening at the Commodore. Okay. And that's, so the whole evening was a fundraiser for? It was all about clackpot sound at that time, mm-hmm. uh, when it was very much in our news. Yeah. And uh, those artists uh, showed up for a fundraiser, and then all of those items uh, were to raise money uh, for the people fighting on the lines at Clackwood Sound. And it ended up working out. It worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> that protest was successful.
0: So, I'm, yeah, So, I mean, I get so... I don't know if you're keeping up with the Trans Mountain stuff. How, do you see parallels between uh, the Clackwood Sound protests and what's going on now with the uh, Kinder Morgan? Definitely some parallels, and that if you were discouraged in the way it's going,
1: uh, news-wise, provincial mm-hmm. <laughs> news-wise, uh, I think you would look back to Clackwet Sound and the difficulties they faced there, and I think you could
0: take heart uh, mm-hmm. from that, that it wasn't easy, but it was very successful. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you kind of have to ignore what the, the media buzz around it because it's always slanted to a certain degree and not necessarily pro or against and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, there's the media's got corporate interests. And so it's going to push a certain uh, point of view, you know, and uh, and you have to kind of ignore. go, Oh, that's so negative. We're not going to win. We're not going to win kind of thing. And whereas what's actually happening is is down below the buzz, I think, often. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the issue is a big one. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the taking heart. You were reading from a book. Yes. That poem came from a book. Tell us about the book that you're reading from.
1: This is a new book uh, called Another Mountain to Climb. I uh, came out with this in January. A nice-looking hardcover book uh, edited is. by Aslan mm-hmm. Hunter. Oh, nice. And um, some help with this one from Rob Taylor.
0: who mm-hmm. will be
1: there tomorrow night. Um, but, yeah, Al, Al Purdy is just... Uh, one of the poets uh, we take seriously mm-hmm. when you take a look at the foundation of where we came from, uh, on the Prince side anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. So Rob Taylor is one of the organizers of Tomorrow Night's event, is that correct? Yeah, Rob and Taylor you, and Jean Baird. And you are also one of the organizers. That's true. So tell us how you got involved as an organizer for this. I mean, besides your admiration of Al Purdy, how did you get involved in the organizing part of it?
1: Uh, well, I did a similar role two years ago um, without Rob uh, taylor because he was at the Purdy house at the time mm-hmm. as, as a poet so Jean baird and i put on a similar event uh, with poets backing us at the cottage um, and uh, i just find if we don't do it in this case we have rob taylor helping us who's been there uh, i don't know that it'll get done mm-hmm. this type of work and then we're lucky, w- if we can take a look at the nine poets who are reading, that there's uh, an age range there from 22
2: mm-hmm. to 82. Nice.
1: And I think when people get to hear each one of these poets will do one of Al Purdy's poems and then uh, one or two of their own poems within their time. Mm-hmm. I think the people listening get a feel for what Al Purdy was all about, even though it's only nine of his, say, 800 poems. He had work over a 50-, 60-year period. Um, but I think on, on one evening, you can get a real good feel for why we think Al Purdy is very important and that we want to remember him.
2: So you don't need to know Al Purdy in order to go to this fundraiser?
1: No. In some cases, it might be better.
2: Good introduction.
1: Yeah. Just, and, but also, you two have met um, three or four of these nine poets. Yes. You, uh, and one evening, I think you get to see a very strong Oh, roster yeah. uh, of poets.
2: It's a great lineup. Why don't we just go through... Do we want to like do a round-robin of the names? Go through the list? Oh, no. Okay, so I'll just do George Bowering, yep. uh, Ria Chegubov, uh, Rob Taylor, Jane Monroe, Raul Fernandez, Kayla Zaga, Danny Peart, Kate Braid, and Joanne Arnott, and then Jean Baird is hosting the evening, and Jean is a, is a wonderful host. I had a question. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, you could go just for that. I mean, that is just to hear all of those poets do um, Al Purdy's work and their own work. You said someone has to do it if we don't do this work. So can you explain what the it and this work is? Like what exactly is being raised, uh, what funds are being raised for?
1: Okay, so the fundraising part of it is the West Coast uh, people and artists caring about uh, this Al Purdy legacy uh, he would go back and forth between Ameliersburg, Ontario, and Sydney, B.C., uh, where he ended up dying. And most of the cases, he would drive the country. He would not fly because uh, he would end up being sort of a really aware poet of, of much of Canada. Um, but the the funds that are raised uh, tomorrow evening at the cottage all go towards the maintenance of this home that was uh, left to the Al Purdy A-frame Association, and then each year, uh, artists apply from across Canada to spend anywhere from one week to six weeks there, in the same house where Al Purdy lived and also
0: built.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. F- yeah. Go so, ahead.
0: so there's a residency program. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know for a fact. I've read two books that were written because people had residencies there. So Rob Taylor's book, and I can't remember the other poet, but I know that it came out after. She's the person who was in the film that was made a few years ago.
1: That documentary was so good. Yeah,
2: it really was.
1: But yet, I have not yet stayed there. Although I've been through Amelia'sburg and made it to the graveyard and Purdy Mm -hmm. Lane, but I just think it would be one of those uh, times that changes you uh, as you step up Mm -hmm. because you're in that environment, and I think. You have to be creative, and I think you'll do better work because of it. Yeah, the ghosts and spirits will abound. You're you're in the house. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: So let's uh, have you uh, share another poem, whether uh, it's one of yours or you have some from uh, Al as well, right?
1: Okay, let me give you one uh, from Al Purdy. And uh, it was written in 1999, and it's called The Last Picture in the World. A hunched gray shape Framed by leaves with lake water behind, standing on our little point of land, like a small monk in a green monastery, meditating, almost sculpture, except that it's alive, brooding, immobile, permanent, for half an hour, a blue heron. And it occurs to me that if I were to die at this moment, that picture would accompany me wherever I am going for part of the way. So this poem would be written by Al Purdy in 1999. He'd be about 81 years old, mm. and then he would die just one year later. And what, were, what uh, publication was that from? This is a nice little publication called Al that came out in a select uh, printing, maybe 100 copies. And each of these poems was, uh, was chosen by Al's longtime wife, uh, Ureth. Mm-hmm. And it's what is the Hellbox Press? The Hellbox Press <laughs> in like Ontario. And I have number 59. Uh, but it also was a fundraising effort
0: for oh, the Al Purdy so House. It's a
2: limited uh, chapbook. It's almost like a broadside chapbook.
0: Yes. <laughs> did you get it when it came out or did you find it later on? No, I, uh,
1: I, I'm on that Al Purdy A-Frame mailing list. And okay. when I found out this artist wanted to, to do this special edition as a print artist uh, for the Al Purdy A-Frame. Then I became on the one hundred of the ordering list right away.
0: Okay. So how long have you been a poet? Have you been writing? Like this is our first time meeting, and so I'm curious about uh, your trajectory as a, as a poet.
2: We established beforehand <laughs> that we've probably been at some of the same events, but we've never actually met.
0: Yeah, I, I still think I'm fairly
1: new at it. Uh, I started out as a story writer, uh, and then I was lucky enough to be accepted to the BAMP Center sort of a week at a time to work with other story writers and teachers. And on one of those occasions, I noticed the poets were having more fun (laughs) than the fiction writers, and that got my attention. (laughs) And so uh, I was in the middle of a story collection, uh, and I just started to move towards poetry. Uh And then I met uh, Aslan Hunter, who was in a writer-in-residence position for the North Shore Libraries. Well, you could just uh, ask to spend 30 minutes with this person. And so I met Aslan for the first time. I told her my situation, showed her the work I was doing. She said, um, uh, you're, you're on the right path here, and one thing you should do is take a look at Purdy, and you should also take a look at Raymond Carver. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And so those two artists, Purdy, and his ability to do... To be a Canadian poet and tell Canadian stories with that geography and nature and humor uh, was really important to me. Uh, the fact that, that a serious poet could be
0: funny was really helpful to me. <clears throat> yeah. um, now, when she suggested Raymond Carver, was that for the stories or for his poetry? Uh, now I already knew the
1: stories, but uh, what surprised me is that especially in the f- last five years of his life, uh, his poetry, I think, is incredibly good.
2: I did not know that he wrote poetry. <laughs> yeah, Wesley does know his stories.
1: About a, like a minimalist, sort of every word counts. Mm-hmm. Raymond Carver is really wonderful that way. and He, he was influenced because he was uh, living and married at the time with a poet. Mary Oliver, wasn't it? Uh, not or, Mary Oliver. She's um, more East Coast. But his wife is still in Port Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And then we all should at one I point go remember. to the oh, Tess, graveyard. Uh, Tess. Tess. So yeah. she was looking at all oh, of Raymond Carver's work right. in those last few years, mm-hmm. uh, and she, I think, had a, a very positive influence on the way he delivered
0: poetry. Yeah. Yeah. Tess McGowan, is that correct?
2: Yeah, no, but I saw her read at the Writers' Fest a few years ago, when she had a new book come out. And so actually, now I'm thinking, oh yeah, I didn't, know. <laughs> I didn't know, but I, I still think of him more as a story writer. Yeah. and I, um, yeah, I can't remember her last name, but I, the book I bought was like her collected works and I think it has light in the title and I really loved that book yeah she's awesome great book
1: he has a new path to the waterfall Mm -hmm. and uh, but well worth uh, a look Mm -hmm. uh, at his uh, maybe final three collections mostly poetry by that Mm -hmm. time
2: And it's interesting that influence that writers have on each other even when um, they're not living together and we were at the center with them. And it may be because the fiction writers have to hold whole worlds in their heads. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One thing I like switching to poetry is uh, it goes with walking so well. So if you're in a, a mountain environment or any scape, A poet, I think, can walk and and do the creative part of it and maybe make the odd note, Mm -hmm. whereas a story writer, uh, the complexity of the character and scene, it doesn't always lend itself to be out uh, out walking or paddling or something.
2: Is that where the Another Mountain to Climb uh, title came from for your poems? Uh, Certainly,
1: the mountain theme is in there. Kilimanjaro's there, the North Shore Mountains... Um, and at one point I was doing a poem about climbing Gross Mountain 100 times, but when I mentioned to my father, um, that after 75 times, I was really happy about this achievement. He said, it seems to me, Danny, it's time you found another mountain to climb. Ah. <laughs> so my father uh, came oh, up with the title yeah, yeah. of the book ah. and he's also the one who encourages me to rhyme.
2: Oh, yes. Uh,
1: he does not always understand this free verse idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could he would
2: be able to memorize your poems easier, too, so he could, like, <laughs> share them with other people and brag on you?
1: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine the way vocalists, and you're on more on the spoken word side, uh, for us who always have a book with us, that memorizing performance part of it
0: is like... Uh, we, we think it's very brave. It's a challenge for you. Yeah. Um, so Tess Gallagher is the name. Yes, that's that's, it. Uh, so Thank you. you. Get that Thank in there. Thank you
2: for helping us out with that. And speaking of always having a book with you, you have a virtual library here today. At least eight. At least eight books spread out across that. And you've got books from all the people who are reading tomorrow night. Yes. Um, and you have your own books. And what would you like to read next? We'll just like yours, Alperdi's, somebody else's. Mm. What are we going to hear?
1: Let's do uh, one more short one by Al Purdy, or maybe a, a little segment. One of the poems we won't read tomorrow night is, at, is called At the Quinty Hotel. And if the listeners ever get a chance, uh, under YouTube, there's a mm-hmm. wonderful rendition of this poem with Gord Downey playing the poet in a bar like the Quinty Hotel, uh, so anyways, you've got to see that at some point, I, th- I think, especially younger people, to see uh, a scene set by a poet that's, that's really funny and moving and captivating. So I wanted just to give you the end of that poem because it was the first time I laughed out loud reading mm. a poem. So the, uh, the poem is called At the Quinty Hotel, and this is the last part of it. Now you take me, I am a sensitive man, and would you believe I write poems? But I could see the doubt in his upside-down face, in fact, in all the faces. What kind of poems? Flower poems. So tell us a poem. I got off the little guy, but reluctantly, for he was comfortable, and told them this poem. They crowded around me with tears in their eyes and wrung my hands feelingly for my pockets, for it was a heart-warming moment for literature. And moved by the demonstrable effect of great art and the brotherhood of people, I remarked, the poem ought to be worth some beer. (laughs) It was a mistake of terminology, (laughs) for silence came. And it was brought home to me in the tavern that poems will not really buy beer or flowers or a goddamn thing. And I was sad, for I am a sensitive man. (laughs) (laughs) sat to al purdy people is sort of like hallelujah for leonard cohen <laughs> yes. people it's yeah. the one out of all those poems uh, that we hear the most um but it also uh, i just love it it's the one where he yeah. fights and then sits on the guy yes yeah, the yeah,
0: guy yeah. is comfortable that's where he gets up off
1: him it's yeah. yeah. just uh, it's just he was a brawling cantankerous drinking guy and the poem seems to have his voice mm-hmm. so clearly mm-hmm. and Gord Downey too who we regretfully lost. He too loved the work of Al Purdy, and uh, when he was asked to play Al Purdy in this play uh, at the Quinney Hotel, he wouldn't hesitate. Uh, yeah, and then he does a great job of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, is Al Purdy taught much in high schools? Do you know? For me, uh, I have two sons in university, uh, in. Engineering, for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, not my choice, uh, but it's a long time for rebellion, me. Uh, rebellion, Since high school yeah. in the 70s, <laughs> late 60s, uh, it was a different time. So I'm not really sure what they would be teaching in terms of Canadian literature. Mm-hmm. I only hope, if any of us were a guest there, um, that it's one of the voices it would be nice to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't recall, like I, I went to high school in the 80s, and I don't recall... Um, Al Purdy, or, it was like always the old, even older classic. Well,
2: I taught in the 90s and the 2000s, and there was definitely always an Al Purdy poem or two in the anthologies. Yeah, usually anthologies. Yeah, happen, yeah. yeah.
1: But um, we'd have Margaret Atwood, and Leonard Cohen was there. Yeah. He got me in trouble one time, because uh, at that time they would play albums, and okay. it'd be a Leonard Cohen song, Like a Bird on a Wire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mentioned to the teacher who loved him, That I thought the lyrics were good, but wouldn't it be better if sung by another voice? (laughs) <laughs> well, that was the wrong thing to say. No, that's, that's is not that, that,
2: for that After that, you failed every essay?
1: <laughs> it was it was the the time
0: you realized you shouldn't always speak up in class, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: even if the teacher asked for your opinion. Yeah.
0: I thought you were going to say that you had suggested they all listen to Chelsea Hotel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. the, yeah, and got in trouble in class. Yeah. So let's have another piece. And while you're deciding that, I'll just let everybody out there listening uh, know that our guest today is Danny Peart. And you are listening to Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM.
1: The uh, other poets uh, that people will come to see have um, almost all won significant awards. I yeah. have only won one prize, and it was for this poem called Elder Raven, where for four weeks I was on a bus stop <laughs> uh, in the side panel of the bus shelter, uh, oh, nice. For BC Transit. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Um, that is my award-winning poem, <laughs> and it is called Elder Raven. I saw him once, Bill Reed, at a fundraiser in the Commodore Ballroom. He was in a wheelchair by then, the artist's spirit betrayed by his body. There was a silent auction. Al Purdy and I were bidding for the same item. I knew Al's work, but just couldn't tell him. He left with Bill Reed's book. Years later, I found a copy of it, The Black Canoe. I had to buy it and take it home, though the out-of-print price just about killed me. I learned about the sculpture of Bill Reed, his place in the Haida tradition, traveled north to see Haida Gwaii, placed my hand on the Bill Reed totem in Skittigat. I saw those huge black ravens jump and fly, hard to tell if they were young or old, didn't seem to matter. One raven stood apart, watching, aware of all, his place secure.
2: Mm. Come nice. full
1: circle then.
2: Yeah. Nice, thank you for that. Right. Um, so this um, does this fundraiser that you're doing tomorrow night, does it happen every year?
1: Every two years. Every two years. So the West Coast, and then almost every year in Toronto, they have one too. Cool. Always so in a bar.
2: So it's working. Mm-hmm. The, the house has been renovated and, and it's, people can go and be in residency and they're keeping it up. And
1: The house is solid and then people are invited to apply. About once a year they, they accept applications mm-hmm. um, and then announcements are made. But it's, it's one of those great residencies. Uh, they will cover your flight and mm-hmm. uh, you'll be there. Not far from Kingston, Ontario, where a lot of the Purdy papers are kept in mm. mm-hmm. Uh And it's a good library, too. All the books from Al Purdy. He was a great book collector uh, from all of the writers in Canada. And he loved to get them signed, too. Mm. But all the books are still there.
2: Nice. Yeah. Would you like to read another poem? We have time, probably, for one more before we give some event listings, including the details about tomorrow night's Al Purdy Poetry Night.
1: Mm, okay. Maybe one uh, poem that... Um, celebrates falling in love at Tim Hortons.
2: (laughs) This is very Canadian.
1: This poem is called (laughs) Canadian Boy in Love. Meet me at Tim Hortons. I'll buy you a maple dip and kiss you in the corner booth. We'll talk of the weather, the way a snow day smells different from others. Make plans for Friday night, a movie, a beer, or two. It will take weeks for me to say I love you, though I felt it in that Corner Booth Kiss We'll talk of travel, dream of going far enough north to hear the northern lights crackle and sled dogs bark. Just once we'll try making love in a red cedar canoe (laughs) and never forget how cold that water was on two shocked bare bums. We'll scramble (laughs) to the dock, shivering you'll ask, was it good for you? Laugh and work together to drain and dock that damn canoe. If you'll meet me in that Tim's corner booth, we'll kiss, we'll talk, we'll hold hands, then go outside together to darkness
0: and falling snow.
2: Wow, I love that. Me too. That's great. I should be
0: sponsored by Tim Hortons. Yeah, definitely. So that was yours, and what book was that from?
1: That's a, a nice title. This was finally the book of stories I did finish. Uh, with Shuji Gardner, helped me through this, and it's called Stark Naked in a Laundromat. <laughs> or a canoe. And because of that title, canoe it canoe. seems quite popular at the main library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: does every, can
1: hope they like the stories once they take out the title. Yeah, you need That's, a provocative title. Yeah, yeah,
2: does every story or poem in there have like a, a naked moment in it? The title, uh, oh, the oh, canoe? Only then. the
1: title story has <laughs> some uh, nakedness. Um, the others are uh, this... Town of Port Elizy is where I grew up in Ontario, and it's sort of perhaps a, a tribute to that small town mm-hmm. and growing up there uh, in the '60s and '70s when times were a little bit different yeah. than today.
2: Where is that? What is the closest major closest t-
1: to Niagara Peninsula? Okay, Saint Catharines uh, amalgamated with this little town. Yeah, um, but it's in that uh, area. Mm-hmm. It's sort of um, because it's Niagara Peninsula and also a wine region. Yeah. Whenever I'm in the Okanagan, I'm a little bit reminded because uh, of the orchards okay. and the wineries. They both have this great climate for uh, creating the grapes to make wine. Yeah. But they- Niagara Peninsula, obviously, a little bit busier. Yeah, yeah. From people point of view. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Um, well it seems a little bit easier to get to all those major cities around there um, so let's uh, tell people about these uh, details tomorrow night at 7pm at Cottage Bistro which is 4470 Main Street which is up near about 28th uh, celebration of 100 years of the life and poetry of Alperdi uh, we've already read the list of the names and any the event's going to raise funds for the Alperdi A-Frame Association if people don't want to or cannot attend but wish to donate to the Al Purdy A-Frame, they can go to www.alpurdy.ca. Do you have anything else you want to add about the details of that? What are you most looking forward to?
1: I love uh, the diversity of the reading. Um, So there's uh, most of these people I I have seen them read before. Mm -hmm. Um, Joanne are not. It'll be the first time I've met her. Um, She's great. uh, But I'm just... I I know it's going to be a good house. Do you know what you're going to be reading? Uh, Yeah. I will read a little short poem called Springtime, and I will read that poem about uh, the blue heron, Mm. especially like that one. And read this one about the Tim Hortons. (laughs) Yeah. If, if I'm hungry, especially.
2: Yeah. I like that <laughs> or one, hungry it? for a kiss. <laughs> yeah. maple A maple donut kiss. Um, so, the other things that are coming up is tomorrow, Hullabaloo starts. That is the youth portion of Versus Festival uh, at Vancouver Poetry. Uh, Vancouver, I always want to call it Vancouver Poetry Library. Vancouver Public Library. Uh, do you want to tell people more about that, RC?
0: Uh, it starts uh, at 6.30. Doors are at 6 p.m. It'll be in the large room, the Alice McKay Room. And uh, Molly Billows is our featured poet. They'll be opening up the evening and then Uh, We have uh, 16 teams from around uh, Vancouver Island and Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley of youth poets who will be each doing an introductory poem. And then following that, we have this thing called Underground Indies, and it's a head-to-head competition for some of the poets who are uh, traveling from around the province to come to Vancouver. And that kicks off Verses and Hullabaloo and uh, then continues on at the Vancouver Public Library Friday and Saturday uh, in the evening on Friday. In the afternoon um, on Saturday and in the evening on Saturday. And then. Uh, There's a swap on Sunday where they kind of mix up Jangle and Shout, it's called. Some of the youth poets and some of the poets from the Versus Festival uh, get together, and some of the organizers, Pam, will be doing something. Yeah, Uh, we don't
2: get to hear you this time, but we get to hear you later in the week. That's right. So uh, Jangle and Shout, Hollow Versus Remixer is uh, Sunday afternoon, and then there's the sold-out show on Sunday night um, with uh, Mitchell Tucci and Ronnie Dean Harris uh, opening for Buffy St. Marie, who is doing a 45-minute spoken word set. No instruments just her and her microphone. And uh some videos beforehand. I don't haven't seen those yet, but I hear they're really it's really interesting. Cool. And um then the the event that you're gonna be part of is one of the late night events on Thursday night at Wise Hall. Do you wanna say anything about that? Or do you want I me mean, to okay, no you gonna be shy. So uh it is uh after the concert by the fugitives, uh which is Brendan um McLeod's band, and he was uh, once the Canadian Poetry Slam champion, is that correct?
0: He shared the title in 2005.
2: Who did he share it with?
0: Derek Dada. Ah, there you go. 2004.
2: Yeah, so um, after, the yes, mu- he was. after the music is over, there is going to be a new event, just a short 17, about a 17 minute slam. It's called The Little Death Match, a 17 syllable slam. And uh, there will be former haiku death match champions pitted against each other. RC is one of those people. Fernando Reguero and uh, Aaron Kirsch and Andre Prefontaine, who have all uh, won those competitions before. If you went to shane corzan's show uh fernando regrawa was one of the people that opened up for that show so if you want to see more of him that is the show to go to but check out versus Ca for all the other events it goes all the way to the 29th of april and ends with the talking stick uh, festival community stage at the native education college good job thank you you
0: got it all in <laughs> All right. Thanks, Danny, for being our guest. Danny Peart, uh, part of the Al Purdy A-Frame fundraiser tomorrow night at the Cottage Bistro. And uh, where can people get your books? Thank you. Um, I'll be there. Uh, They can Google Danny Peart and Hager's Bookstore.
2: P-E-A-R-T.
0: I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pamela Bentley. That's it for Wax Poetic this week. Janet Marie Rogers, our guest next week. No apologies necessaries coming up next.